This is the Smooth Operator Podcast. I'm Adam Liette, Director of Operations for a seven-figure online business and eight-year veteran of Army Special Operations. On this show, we get into the tactical nitty-gritty of what it really takes to run a thriving online business because at the end of the day, operators lead the way. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Smooth Operator. I'm Adam Liette. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Uh, so today I want to talk about um, just a, a, a side project of mine and how it, there's a lot of correlations to what we're doing in business to this side project where I love doing carpentry. Uh, it's really my hobby away from work, away from, well, the kids are starting to get involved with it, but it's it's my little thing. It's something that is uniquely mine, um, something that I really enjoy doing, something that is very stress relieving. Uh, it really gives me a lot of clarity. You know, when I have to make big decisions, when I have to unwind, I do it in the workshop. It's so, you know, I, I love it so much to the point that I actually built the workshop right next to my office here in the backyard. So if I have to escape from the office for 20 minutes, if I'm working on a big project and I just need a couple of minutes just to clear my mind, I'll go out there and just work on one of the various projects that I always have in motion. Um, I keep them right there on the workbench so I can just jump in at a moment's notice and be able to continue where I left off. And there's something so therapeutic about uh, power tools or just uh, grabbing a block of sandpaper and working on really making a piece of wood just super smooth before finishing it. With that though, I as I've been building out this workshop, I knew I wanted to build what's called an outfeed table. So if you don't know anything about carpentry, imagine you have a 10 foot long piece of stock like oak or maple is what I tend to use the most and you're trying to rip it in half. There's no way you can hold all of that on the table saw. So I was using this series of like rollers and stuff to push it onto, but I don't like using them. They're a pain in the butt. You have to set them up correctly, and even then it doesn't always work right. So I wanted to create a table that would go on the backside of my table saw to push that wood onto, and then... If it's going to take up that much space in my workshop, I want it to be usable as well. So I wanted to make it a workbench. Um, and this particular one, it's really complex. There's a lot of drawers, storage mechanisms. Uh, I put this thing, stuff called T-tracks in on the top so you can use various clamping mechanisms uh, to clamp down a piece of wood that you're working on. And so I knew it was going to be complex. Um, but this was actually one of the most enjoyable projects that I ever built in the shop. And that's because I really did my homework. I was working from a plan. I had blueprints that I had purchased uh, to create the work, uh, the this piece, um, and I did all my homework. So I started on Pinterest, just searched through the various different things that other people had built, really searching the whole time for blueprints that I could buy. And I ended up finding a, a really good piece. I, I saw it. I watched the uh, found it on YouTube then. Uh, watched the video of the guy making it, just explaining the different things that were in there. And lo and behold, there were the blueprints. And I think they were like, it was like $10 PDF, whatever. doesn't matter. Uh, print it out. And then I had to sit down and then do my homework on it. Because whenever you're building a project like that, you're not going to be able to build it stock just because every workshop's different. Uh, it has to be the same height as your table saw, as an example. And there were little modifications I wanted to make. But I had the blueprint as the starting point. 
So from there, I sat down. I did my homework. I got out the tape measure and made all sorts of measurements, put chicken scratch all over this uh, PDF that I downloaded and this and really had it narrowed down to what my exact measurements were, what I needed on every single piece and made all those main decisions before I even went to the lumberyard to pick up the wood, before I made a single cut. All the decisions were made. And from there on, I was just following the directions, following the roadmap that I put in front of me. And, and it made it a very enjoyable process. The, the piece turned out fantastic. I couldn't be happier with it. But a lot of this is related to our business and how we run things within our teams and within various business operations because what made it easy? I did all my homework up front. I batched that content. I batched that work so that I wasn't trying to think of this while I'm also, uh, you know, trying to work with the 75 or 100 different pieces that I had to cut out. I was able to cut out the pieces, number them, you know, and doing all the work up front, all the real cerebral work up front, having that all done. So when I got into the shop and started doing it, everything was simple from there, from there. And I got to thinking, I've really done this a lot with my teams and how I build out operational frameworks for them and what I like to call a common operational picture. Uh, when you're working on a project, especially in a team environment, being able to build that common way of looking at the project together, man, it just makes such a huge difference because you're making all those big decisions up front. Everything is nested out and narrowed down for your team, and that allows them to do their best work within the context of which they need to do that work. And I've talked uh, previously before about context shifting and how we're constantly in this ebb and flow motion of critical decision making to doing tasks and actually just doing things. I really like on my side, I like to do all the critical thinking up front. I like to make those decisions, get everything nested out, do my homework, so that way when it's time to actually put the project into motion, I'm in execution mode. And so that's really how I built the project, and that's how we can build projects for our team as well. So you can do that within any sorts of project, any sort of project management tool. I also like to use visual aids. So in addition to really nesting everything out in the project management tool, I'll often start with just a simple diagram. Uh, and usually I go lo-fi with it first. So I have a, a whiteboard in my office. And if we have a project coming up, I'll do all the imagining of the project on the whiteboard for first. Because I like that because I can easily just erase stuff, move stuff around, reorder stuff um, without letting tech get in our way. So often we let tech get in our way, especially with project management tools where we want things to be nested into this and this. And we don't really know why yet, but it sounds like a cool idea. Oh, and I saw this great YouTube video, this new feature that it has. Like, no, leave that work for when you're in a different frame of mind. Keep yourself in the imagineering mode, uh, to steal a phrase from Walt Disney. Uh, be in imagineering mode first, building out the project, creating it, making all of those critical decisions up front, and then creating the blueprint. But it really has to come in that order. And then you're re you know, revising the blueprint as you're going, of course, but you're starting from a picture of what you want that end project to look like and all the various steps that have to be done in order to get your team to that project. And having that visual aid then for your team, so I would take 
what I put on the whiteboard, put it into a tool. I, I like the, the tool OmniGraffle uh, because it's particularly versatile. It's very, very flexible. Google Slides, oh my gosh, it's, I, I get it. I know why it's appealing. I know why a lot of people use them. I personally really try to steer away from Google Slides because they're just, the, the, the tech is not as neat as I would like it to be. And um, it, it doesn't let you per, uh, customize it as much as I'd like to. Uh, so a tool like OmniGraffle, where you can do a lot more things, make it make that visual component too, because then you're appealing to different senses. You're giving your team the visual uh, component of what this project looks like, what this launch looks like. And I know OmniGraffle is just one tool and, and whatever tool you use. The important thing is having that visual component and then the step-by-step component alongside of it. Your team's going to appreciate it. You're going to appreciate it because you're going to be able to see it through different lenses and be able to have that project fully nested out, fully realized. So when it comes time to pivot into execution mode and start giving tasks to your team, man, you just made so many great decisions up front. And so you're not um, in that problem solving mode during the course of the project. Uh, Problems will always still arise. Of course, you'll get asked questions by your team, but you're eliminating a lot of the easy questions up front by taking the time, building out all the the details and having it nice nested into a blueprint for your team. And having all that done allows you to be more creative when critical decisions have to be made, not if, but when uh, we do have to make uh, critical decisions, but you're able to make it from a better place because you are in this different mindset. You have a full realization of the project before even begin. So like I said, have a plan. Um, Man, it worked in the workshop, it works in the business, it works on almost everything that we do when we have that plan. Um, It just makes all all the difference in the world in how we feel about executing, how well we execute, how efficient we are in our work, and ultimately how good the project is at the end. Um, So, That's it. Have a plan and follow it through and think about how many different ways you can do that for your team. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Hope you're having a good week thus far. If you have any questions, please do reach out. It's www.adamliette.com. Email address is adam at adamliette.com. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. And in the meantime, operators lead the way. Hey, before you leave, I have a special offer just for my podcast listeners. I'm putting together a beta for my one-to-one coaching program. This is your chance to personally work with me to learn and install the processes and frameworks that'll take your business to the next level. There's only 10 slots, so go to adamliette.com slash beta.